Have you wondered about living elsewhere after you retire? Well, we have, almost daily. As you know, it's not an overnight decision. Hi, this is Gil and Jean of Retire There, a podcast about places to consider living in during your retirement. We started this show for selfish reasons, because we will be retiring in the next few years, but we're not sure where. Then a light bulb went off in Jean's head. What are others doing? With so many baby boomers retiring, there must be many relocating. So we decided, let's connect with them and pick their brains. But first, a little background. I'm Asian, born in Brazil, and grew up in Flatbush, Brooklyn. I'm an engineer turned attorney and practicing higher ed law at a college who loves working with students, faculty, and staff. I am not Asian. (laughs) Born and raised in Long Island, New York, a place I always wanted to leave. I am a law librarian working in a court who loves his job. We've lived in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, New York for many years, and have been thinking about our future home. So we'll be speaking to folks from around the country, and now around the world, who have moved to venues of their dreams and more. And we will share their stories, and we will share their intimate secrets. No. I'm just kidding, Jean. But we will provide information that you may not find anywhere else. So stay tuned. Hola de nuevo. Today we are visiting Santiago de Querétaro, Mexico. It is known simply as Querétaro City. Um, Bill will help us with the uh, pronunciation. With the pronunciation later, Jean. <laughs> the capital and largest city of the state of Querétaro, located in central Mexico. It's situated on the Mexican plateau at an elevation of about 6,100 feet above sea level. And it's some 130 miles northwest of Mexico City. It's considered an excellent example of a Spanish colonial city as its well-preserved historic center was designated a UNESCO World Heritage Site in 1996. The city has a high quality of life and is considered one of the safest cities in Mexico. Outside the center city are some neighborhoods offering U.S.-style housing with garages and front yards. Now, that's unique. Although it is a quaint historic city, it is also of significant importance to the automobile industry, aerospace, food processing, and several other sectors. Bill was born and raised in Seattle, attended Washington State University, earning a B.A. and M.A., He worked in commercial credit and commercial finance and was a senior vice president for Bank of America in Los Angeles. Bill is now retired, but working as a writer, journalist, and photographer. His interests include the two dogs, writing, research, interviewing, photography, and exploring new places. Bill authored a book titled Lake Chapala, Beneath the Surface. Considerations for Retiring in Mexico. Today, we will find out why Bill and Jackie did not end up moving to Lake Chapella. Jacqueline was born and raised in Portland, Oregon. She attended Interior Designers Institute in Newport Beach, California, earning a degree in interior design. She worked as a high school career center coordinator. She is still working as a painter and artist and sells her work in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. Her interests include art, travel, and their dogs. Wow, and we've seen some of that artwork. Beautiful. Beautiful. 
The couple have four children and three grandchildren. They say moving to Mexico is the best thing they've ever done. They tell us that we love it here <laughs> and we may have to join you guys. Okay, welcome, Bill and Jackie. Can you take us on your journey to Mexico? Thank you. We're happy to be here. Very happy to be here. And uh, thank you for this opportunity to speak about expat relocation to Mexico and to Santiago de Querétaro. Ooh. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh. Querétaro. Okay. <laughs> so um, I see a question here. Why did you wish to move abroad to retire? And why don't we let Jackie answer that question? Great. Well, when retirement was um, a thing of reality, we decided that we did not really want to stay in the United States. We've done a considerable amount of travel and really enjoy other cultures. We had mentored a group of um, Hispanic youths when we lived in the Los Angeles area. We still are in contact with many of them, and they are the ones that encouraged us to look into Mexico. So it's kind of their fault that we're here, <laughs> and we, we love them for it. The journey began. We, they suggested Lake Chapala, and so we made a trip down there, and it was beautiful. Then Bill went back by himself. I'll let him tell you what, what he discovered while he was there. Yes. The point is, we spent about four years looking at different locations where would be amenable for us in Mexico. And what does amenable mean? We were looking for a lower cost of living, but a cost of living on a retirement income that would allow us a better standard of living than we could financially afford in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So that was a big one. The second one was weather. Hmm. Neither of us like 100-degree weather <laughs> with humidity. No? <laughs> and so typically, uh, you'll see, particularly in the expat forums on Facebook and other me social media platforms, is a lot of Americans and Canadians choose the Mexico coastline, be that on the Caribbean side or on the Pacific side, Puerto Vallarta, other cities like that. For us, that's just too much heat and too much humidity. Great places to visit, but personally, I wouldn't want to live there. Go ahead. And we were both raised in the Pacific Northwest, where it's um, it can be very gloomy for some weeks on end. And we were pretty much over that. And then we really didn't want to be in like a resorty kind of atmosphere. Yeah. Um, we wanted more of a normal, you know, low-key life. So go ahead, Bill. And the, the third thing is, 
we are kind of adventurers. We're curious about a lot of things. We adore uh, the history in Mexico, as well as the diversity in the culture here. And as a photographer, I'm in Nirvana. Okay. (laughs) I, I mean, if there's one thing about Mexico, it is a land of contrasts and sometimes stark contrasts. For us, that is something that we truly enjoy. After, and I'll get to Glenn's question here in a moment, which was, why didn't you move to Lake Chapala? One of the reasons is, is when we went down there and I had started researching the Lake Chapala area 30 months before I published my work, my book, Lake Chapala Beneath the Surface. And and your audience, I highly recommend that they obtain that book. The subtitle is Considerations for Retiring in Mexico. And you can get the book on Amazon Kindle. I mean, a variety of different places. So just Google Lake Chapala beneath the surface. But in any event, there's some curious things that caught my attention in the Lake Chapala Basin, which was nobody was swimming in the water. Oh, wow. Okay. I witnessed local fishermen spraying Roundup on the water lilies in the lake. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. And then there were other things like large signs posted in your hotel room that said, do not drink the water. Okay. (laughs) So based upon all that, I started digging deeper and deeper, which led me to researchers in the environmental health area, a lot of scholars who had been doing work on the Lake Chapala area, interviews with heads of NGOs, mm-hmm. oh my heavens, just the, the sources that came out of the woodwork. Lake Chapala was in the U.S. It would be designated a super fund toxic waste oh. site oh that God. needs to be cleaned up oh. by the government. So sad. And the number of indigenous people in the area who are, oh my gosh, the children of the indigenous people because they cook with the lake water. Mm -hmm. They might eat the fish out of the lake. Uh, They may garden and produce crops that are watered by the, the lake water. You have found, or researchers have found, developmental disabilities within the children. They have found the incidence of end-stage renal disease in the area, Uh, liver failure, Mm -hmm. is second only to the country of Yemen. Okay, so all these disclosures, and come to find out, 
that nobody had ever written an alternative narrative for the Lake Chapala area. That narrative is absolutely dominated by the travel industry generally. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And also the Canadians and Americans who dominate the real estate industry in the Lake Chapala and Ahihik region. And so people, Mexicano nationals, government officials, residents, directors, executive directors of NGOs, all after the book came out in January 2019, they just sent me email after email after email thanking me for telling the truth. Yeah. Because no one up until my book had disclosed an alternative narrative, a factual alternative narrative that is contrary to the mainstream narrative that people have heard about Chapala in the past. Wow. With all that being said, needless to say, uh, Lake Chapala and Ahihik were taken off our list. I'll bet. And yes, we looked at some coastal areas. We looked at the Lake Chapala Basin in Jalisco. We looked at Guadalajara, which is the second largest city in Mexico. We looked at San Miguel de Allende. We looked at Puebla. We looked uh, in Michoacan, in the Morelia. Uh, We decided, well, my wife decided, on our our first trip to Queretaro, which was in July 2019, took a bus from San Miguel de Allende, where we happened to be staying, took it down to Queretaro and spent an entire day exploring the city. And when we got back on the bus, my wife sat down, looked at me and said, this is it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And the the reason I said that is because the cleanliness of the city, they have workers with carts and brooms and they are out there sweeping and cleaning um, the city. It's a city of about, I think, two and a half million. No, that's too many. Two million. No, it's about one point three. Anyway, but it didn't, it didn't feel like it. Yeah, it didn't feel like it. We came from a town in in Oregon that was only about twenty eight thousand people. Mm-hmm. It just felt comfortable and safe. Beautiful. It just yeah, it was beautiful. It's just beautiful here, and so that's why I said this is it. Okay. Is it. Okay. Can you talk about the cost of living? I heard Bill mention that you wanted a better lifestyle than just the pesos. Yes. Yeah, I would tell you this, our cell phone for two cell phones, mm-hmm. it costs us $40 US a month. Wow. We were in the US, we were paying about $280 oh, wow. a month. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's one example is cell phone. Another example is utilities. Mm-hmm. The water bill we get every month is about 300 pesos, about $15. Wow. 
we uh, have a gorgeous garden that we enjoy together. Flocks of hummingbirds and other birds that we feed in our yards. We were talking about the cost of living, and I love that you gave examples to us. Um, and if you can continue giving us some more examples, that would be great. Yeah. What about um, housing? I know you rent. How, yeah. How's the housing housing prices there and rental prices? Okay, we uh, we owned a home in Oregon, and we are renting here. Our rent is uh, a little less than one third of housing our monthly payment in oh, the wow. United. So prices are going up because a lot more international people are coming to Mexico, mm-hmm. um, but it's still much, much cheaper right. uh, as far as housing. Groceries? Should we talk about groceries? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Bill does 99% of the marketing. Okay. <laughs> we, now, here we have Costco and we have Sam's and we have Walmart. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think you're going to go to Costco and get Mexican prices, you are not. They are the same prices wow. as you would pay in the United States. Wow. However, we have some market, Mexican markets. You can get fresh fruits and vegetables. I mean, the farmers bring them in and sell them, and you don't have to wait for anything to ripen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mm-hmm. all super fresh and the flavors. Oh my gosh. The flavors, because they've been vine ripened are amazing. Wow. Nice. We don't really buy meat there because the Mexicans don't age their, their beef as mm. the Americans do. And of course we're used to, we're spoiled that way. Yeah. We like the, the flavor of that. So we do buy beef from a butcher shop or Costco or Sam's that we, okay. we know of has been aged like let me sweet. let me ask you do you have a car do you need a car yes we have a car one can i say one more thing about groceries? yes yes please okay. there are some that are that are very very difficult to find here and when you do find them they're very expensive because the mexicans don't consume these things and i'm talking about pickles peanut butter what about butter 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 is pretty expensive um it's hard to find salted butter oh, they don't huh. need salted butter <laughs> So um, we have to go someplace where the Americans shop in order to get salted butter. But if you want yogurt, oh my gosh, they love yogurt. Oh. When you go into a store, there is like one whole row, double-sided of yogurt products. So wow. you're, in, you're in Nirvana if you like yogurt down here. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> Good to yeah, know. There's, yeah, there's, there's a few products that are just English muffins. I had a terrible time finding English muffins. I did find them and a loaf or a, a container of six was like, I think it was almost $8. Oh my goodness. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, so I bought them once. <laughs> <laughs> satisfied, them your, yeah, satisfied your craving. Does yeah. Amazon deliver that? They do, but there's a Amazon Mexico, right. but they're their products are very limited. Sure. You can get products from the United States, Amazon, but it's mm-hmm. super expensive. Import duty. Yeah, import duty. Okay. Okay. A car. We drove our car down here. Oh. Because we had two dogs. We have a Ford um, Expedition. May I stop you for a moment? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> In July 2019, when we were down here for several weeks, We decided at that time we were going to fly back to the U.S. We were going to sell our home. We were going to sell our other car. And we were going to sell every 
possession other than my camera, camera gear, and computer gear. We were going to sell everything, load our two dogs with a car top carrier with two suitcases in it, drive from Bend, Oregon, in the center of the state, to Guadalajara. What about Jackie's favorite paintbrushes? You didn't allow those? Uh Uh-huh. Interesting. Go ahead. At that time, I was not painting. Oh, 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 this is a new yeah. hobby. Yes. <gasps> I had I had just retired in July. Um, yeah, 2019. I had just retired and he, bless his heart, took care of all the documentation, selling everything. We had six garage sales because oh, as, oh as an interior designer, <laughs> sure. I had, you wouldn't believe I, the I decorating stuff I had. Was it hard to get rid of sentimental items or you didn't have You it? know, at first I thought, oh, I can't part with this. I can't part with that. Oh my God, it's got so many memories. And mm-hmm. then I had a, a, epiphany. a, yeah, an epiphany or a switch in my mindset. And I yeah. thought, it's just a possession. I am going to give it or sell it to somebody else who is going to enjoy it. We're going to start over. Nice. I like yeah. that. So there was there was just a couple of little things that I, I brought up. We used to adopt greyhounds, mm-hmm. rescue greyhounds, and mm-hmm. somebody gave me a little silver greyhound. I had to bring that. Yes, you know? of course. <laughs> of just course. little little things that mm-hmm. would fit in my suitcase, basically. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, painting just started a year ago, May, when COVID had hit, and it was my birthday. And Bill knew that when I was a youngster, I used to paint. Okay. And so he said, for your birthday, I'm going to have you buy everything that you need to start painting. Oh, wow. And I oh. did, and it was like, Boom. Yeah. Well, clearly <laughs> the interior design aspect has all that art built in. This seems like an unleashing. You are quite yeah, talented. You're great. I love oh, your work. You. By the way, for everyone, you can see some of her artwork on Bill Dahl. It's D-A-H-L.net. That's correct, yep. right? And Jackie has, correct. A, has a page as well, right? Within she, it's part yeah. of uh, it. in- okay. Instagram. Oh. I'm on Instagram. Cool. Yeah. All right. We'll list all that in the show notes. So uh, I think, Bill, you were going to talk about the car. Oh, you drove yeah. the car. We began, we got our visas, our Mexico visas in April 2019 from the Mexican embassy in Portland, Oregon. Took three trips over to that was the closest embassy. Yeah, it's about three and a half hour drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got our visas at that time. And this is important to know. To bring a U.S. plated vehicle into Mexico, you need to get a transportation import permit. Oh, tip. Wow. Okay. Now, it the tip permit that you can obtain if you have a tourist visa you can only have the car in the country for six months Ah. okay but we began our residency in july 2019 Mm -hmm. the residency process in mexico in guadalajara Mm -hmm. well unbeknownst to us when you start your residency process you cannot leave the country until it's completed. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Well, oh, we, had to know. To, we had to fly back to Seattle to sell our house and stuff. Mm. Or not Seattle, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And in any event, Jackie got a 
residente permanente uh, residency status here. And I got on intentionally a residente temporal. Mm. And with a residente temporal, right, you, can go. you are able to bring your U.S. plated vehicle into the country for 12 months. And then at the end of the 12 months, if you extend your residente temporal for, you can extend it up to three years, which I did. Nice. Then your permit on your car expires on the expiration date of your temporal uh, residency status, which at that time will become permanent oh, for me. Right. But we did it intentionally so we could bring our vehicle here right. and have it for the first four years. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you slick and boy. With a couple of a Labrador retrievers to have a a black Ford Expedition EL Eddie Bauer. My Mexicano friends here tell me, Bill, nobody will bother you guys because you drive a car that looks like a cartel boss. <laughs> the special edition, Eddie Bauer. Yeah. I know that car. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's what, 14, 13 years old? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But right, it's, right. it's a limited it's edition. Great shape. So that's why. <laughs> That's kind of the background with the car. It's very complicated. So people really, really need to research how to do this, how to get yeah. the car in the country and keep it and, and everything. But uh, we're, we're glad that we did it because we've we've yeah. definitely needed I'll it. Bet. I'll bet. What's the cost of fuel now? Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, we heard. Right. It's we just got it yesterday. Well, it's <clears throat> per liter. 21 pesos per liter. Oh, okay. Okay. And okay. Uh, for the audience, a peso is five cents as of today. We're June 13th. Is that right? 2021. Yep. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I checked. 20 pesos is about um, a, a dollar. Yeah. 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 Okay. Per liter. Got it. Yeah. Okay. It's with that truck, with that vehicle, it costs us about $110 to fill a 23 gallon tank. Ouch. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, that car is an anomaly here. People in Mexico. Yeah, they drive little things. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean. <laughs> you need to get a smart car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but not for the dogs, right? You know, you got to have that freedom yeah, for the yeah. pups. Yeah. Right. The back seats are down and the whole back of the car is, is their romper room. <laughs> So can we move to healthcare? How how did you two handle that? Oh yeah. You gave up Medicare, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, meaning we still have Medicare coverage. Right. In right, the right. US. Yeah, we're still paying for it. But, our okay. Yep. Yeah, but comes out of your SS, yeah. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is we knew we were going to pay cash out of pocket for any healthcare procedures that we we might require. Right. In Queretro, what we found is that the quality of the healthcare across the spectrum, meaning dental, medical, visual, whatever, is absolutely outstanding. Oh, nice. 
it's at least 50% of the cost of the same procedures in the U.S. To give you a current example, I had a cataract in my left eye, unbeknownst to me. It was really impairing my vision. And so we looked around, got two separate estimates. That procedure cost me here with a U.S. trained ophthalmologist, a surgeon with state-of-the-art equipment. It cost me 32,000 pesos, which is about 1600 US dollars. In the US, the typical average cost of that procedure is between four to five thousand dollars. Yeah. In any event, dental, everything, Jack, we've been to dermatologists, we've Mm -hmm. been had our eyes checked. Let me Uh, say something. Yeah. 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 Um, I, on, um, Friday, actually, I went in and had an exam, an eye exam with the same surgeon that that did his surgery, a full ophthalmology exam for cataracts, glaucoma. I mean, she did everything. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever had one of those before. I've had a optometrist, Mm -hmm. like if I need glasses, but not the full ophthalmology thing. It was $35. Wow. (laughs) That's wonderful. And so that's out of pocket. You don't have private insurance. No, No, we don't. We don't. If we have a major medical issue, yes. Will we go back to the U.S.? And I mean major. Yes, we would. Mm -hmm. For that, of course, before we do, we're going to get estimates of the cost of the care here. But I mean, our primary personal physician is about six blocks from our house. Everything is incredibly convenient, mm-hmm. but healthcare, quality of healthcare was a big issue for us prior sure. to the move. Yeah. We have been absolutely delighted with what we've found. Another thing is um, I had to have a root canal and several months ago, and it was $173. Wow. (laughs) Yes. That's That's great. And and do most of the doctors speak English? And how is your Spanish also? Okay. (laughs) Yes. By the way, almost all the doctors that we've been to not all of them, but a good, I would say a majority mm-hmm. have been trained in the United States. Got it. Okay. And they're degreed from U.S. medical schools or did their residency right. in the U.S. and the very well credentialed mm-hmm. healthcare professionals. Yeah. When you go into the doctor's office, too, for an appointment, you don't wait more than five minutes. They're so efficient. Really? Yeah. Oh, uh, one thing that I found really interesting is uh, before I had my root, I had to have a a full mouth Mm x-ray before my root canal. Mm-hmm. I went to this clinic and this was the most interesting thing. You just sit there and this thing just rotates, you know, none of this one here, one here, right. one here, wow. the whole yeah. thing. And I thought, oh my God, how much is this going to cost me? It was $14. Wow. Oh my goodness. 
Yeah. Wow. And I was in and out of there. I mean, they don't make you wait. They are so efficient. That's so nice to hear. Yeah. The staff, everybody's just so kind. Okay. So back to Spanish. Do you speak Spanish? Spanish? And how is your Spanish? We took, we took Spanish lessons where we actually had a lady come to the house. The, it's very, it's easy for Bill. He picks mm-hmm. up on foreign languages very mm-hmm. easily. He speaks French and he amazes me every time we go and interact with some Mexican <laughs> people because he's like talking to them. Yes. Me, not so much. Okay. It, it's much more difficult for me. A COVID hit. So we did our Spanish lessons via yes. Zoom or something. We stopped the Spanish lessons. It was kind of stagnant for me. Now I'm getting back out into public. And I am starting to use my Spanish and learn Spanish. And we have our Mexican friends over and we, they like to learn English. So it's kind of a a two-way street. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And so, you know, I was hoping to be fluent by this time. Oh, it's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But because I'm going to blame it on COVID (laughs) because I'm a little slow that I'm not, I'm hoping in another, in another year, I, I would be. Yeah, And the more you get Um, to practice, especially, you know, you've got Bill you can practice with or when you go to the market, mm -hmm. you know, little things like that. Exactly. Yeah. And I think think that's the best way to learn is actually submerge yourself. Exactly. Exactly. In the culture with the people. Yeah. I also we also have a little translating app on our phones. Amazing. You can either speak into it or type into it and it will translate for you. And that, that is amazing and very, very helpful. Very oh, nice. Helpful. Yeah. Can you tell us about the attractions in the area and what do you guys do for entertainment, you know, pre-COVID or post-COVID? Mm-hmm. Okay. A couple of things. We, I am type one diabetic. You're type two. Oh, type two. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I need to take a shot this morning. In any event, we are considered as a couple to be in the high risk category regarding Mm -hmm. COVID. We have been in quarantine since March 15, 2020. Okay. So we just got our second vaccination shot last week. All right. So, yes, if you wondered, about my that woman's insane all the paintings she's done (laughs) for a guy who is a writer journalist and a photographer Mm -hmm. and for my wife who is an artista frankly covid was a blessing yeah we we made the time in quarantine to be a blessing yes for us. yes yes as did we yes <laughs> we started I, this podcast yeah during that time i published two books written journalism assignments multiplicity of media outlets and my wife well you can see what she's been doing <laughs> yeah she's yeah. flourishing So in any event, yes, did we travel within Mexico before the quarantine and the pandemic hit? Yes, of course we did. And frankly, we got, I would say, several months of traveling in before the quarantine hit. But no, during COVID, have we been venturing out to surrounding communities or things like that before we were vaccinated? 
just to do what we needed to do. Right. You know? Right. I guess well, our audience, our audience would like to hear what things are available in Caterado. I just want to say quickly. Cater- I was reading about Q. That. I'm going to call it Q. Okay. They have a lot of wineries. Yeah. Museums. There's yeah. the aqueduct, and also oh, not far from you, not far from you, no. I'm, which I'm really fascinated by. There's a monolith, which is the third largest monolith in the world. Wow. Yeah, it's called Pinal de Bernal. Mm, nice. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's about 45 minutes from our home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bernal, most people refer to it that way. It's a beautiful little town at the base of what Glenn pointed out, that massive monolith. It is a gorgeous little city. Cool. Um, and you can you can hike up Bernal too. Mm-hmm. Well, and you I... couldn't during COVID. They closed no, 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 no. the right. hiking trail. And near near Bernal, so there's another uh, city close to there called the Kishkiapan. Again, a fabulous little town to explore. I mean, one thing that attracted us to Queretaro was the. It's very much located in the center of the country. Within an hour to two hours drive, you can be in totally different topography, geography. We really like the location of the city for adventure, day trips, exploration trips, things like that. So the location was really important to us. And oh my, have we enjoyed that. Yes, we have. They have the most amazing luxury buses here that are just super inexpensive. Oh, wow. Like you can go on a three hour trip somewhere and it's going to cost you about $17. And it's like being, it's like being in first class on a on an airplane. Well, it's better wow. than first class Wow. Yeah, you've, you've got a TV, you've got a reclining leather seat. Oh they give you a sandwich and a drink. Yeah, they go everywhere. Fun. It's amazing. Uh, fun. Yeah. So okay. I was just going to say, and that's how we travel when we aren't taking the dogs. Yeah. yeah. Nice, that's nice. nice. And how far is the is the closest major airport? Do you have to go to Mexico City or is it? This- no, no, no. Airport code for Queretaro is QRO. Yeah, it's a major international airport. It is about 50, 55 minute drive. 30 to 40. Okay, Jackie says yeah. 30 to 40. <laughs> and when I, your I wife, trust Jackie. Okay. Yeah, when your wife pop, pipes up, just agree with her. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, you can edit that out. No, no, we're keeping that oh. in. We're keeping that in to show who knows what's going on. It's, and so you can get direct flights <laughs> to the state. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Oh, wow. oh that's yeah. nice. That's yeah. nice. Yes, I, I just flew from Queretaro to Portland because we have a new granddaughter. Oh, congratulations. And, uh, thank you. Yes. It wasn't, of course, a direct flight. Yeah, it's been united, I believe. And by the way, we ha- now have four grandchildren, not three. Uh, the, the fourth would be terribly disappointed if I didn't correct. Yes, yes, yes. And we're talking about that, what, what do your kids think of you living in Mexico? They're great with it. Yeah, they think yeah. it's they think it's pretty cool. 
Uh-huh. Um, of course, we don't. It's not super easy to fly in and out because of you have to connect flights and stuff. You mean? Yeah, connecting flights, and then with COVID, it made it more yeah. oh, complicated. Right. But we're hoping to get them down here to visit us. We only have one family member that was opposed to it. And safety concerns. Yeah, safety concerns. So. Oh, I get uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're cool with it. They got another country to visit for. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah, just the cost of an airline ticket, and right. Let's get to Glenn's question, which was, "Have we why later?" Okay, this city has the diversity of any major urban center in the U.S. Yes, I wanted to. Okay, mm-hmm. not only you know you have shopping malls, you have this. But for us, the arts, the cultural events, oh, my heavens. The food, the restaurants. Oh, yeah. It (laughs) it is absolutely fabulous. So so the the food is diverse. Can you get, say, Indian food? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can get virtually any kind of dining experience you want. In fact, some friends of ours yesterday were just bragging about a place called the Korean Grill in Urquia, mm. Mexico, which mm-hmm. is about 25 minutes from us. Mm-hmm. But the best sushi we've ever had in our lives is just four blocks from our house. Oh, wow. You're so lucky. Yeah. And, you know, coming from the Pacific Northwest where the palate is quite varied, it's good that you don't have to make a major change. Well, we, uh, let's be honest, we enjoy Mexicano mm-hmm. fare. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Our neighbor is from Veracruz, Mexico, and she makes homemade Veracruz tamales Mm, a couple times a month. (laughs) I got to tell you, she sells them for 20 pesos each, which is about a buck. (laughs) And my wife and I, we're in freaking heaven. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, Yeah. cool, cool. Uh, Glenn is quite right. It's just the diversity of services within and around this city that was terribly attractive to us. San Miguel de Allende is vastly too expensive, and there are too many expat Canadian and Americans (laughs) in that city Mm. for us. Our preference is to be around the uh, Mexicano residents Mm -hmm. rather than being domiciled in the midst of a bunch of gringos. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> a lot of expats like that. They want yeah, they want to be where yeah. they can speak English and right, right. comfortable. But we like authenticity. Yeah, we get it. Yeah, yes. We live in a a tiny little neighborhood here, a little enclave. Colonia. Uh, Colonia. It's called and um, twenty eight homes, and we are the only. Gringos. Wow. Wow. But our we love our neighbors. Our neighbors would do anything for us. Nice. They are the kindest, most accepting, wonderful people. We've got great friends here. It doesn't mean that we haven't experienced some challenges. Yeah, challenges. What's the word for the word for 
to, to uh, some people that not not want gringos there is that what you're trying to say no not oh. at all the people here for me being of norwegian descent i must admit one of the things i enjoy just walking around town with my camera typically he's big and he's pink and he's got blondish <laughs> gray hair and he's like, that's right i remember like doll is down. yeah doll yeah. is swedish i watched um a series of crime uh procedurals by arn doll are you familiar yeah <laughs> yes i am i'm waiting for the next season okay <laughs> yeah i'm actually norwegian so I stick out here like a sore thumb. <laughs> okay. The point is that it's being a minority in mm -hmm. a country of people a different ethnicity. And I can't tell you every time I go out, there's kids are interesting because they look up, they see this big guy who looks terribly different than anybody they've ever seen. And they just stop and they gawk at me. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> okay. I find it fascinating and I like it because <laughs> it really puts you in the shoes Yep. Of being a minority. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now you know how I feel. Even, <laughs> well, though, oh, even yeah. though in the U.S. I am still a foreigner. Born here, yeah. but still a foreigner. Well, I wasn't born You were born here. I was born in Brazil, but still a foreigner everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah. I was just going to say, we've experienced a little bit of racism. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's, it's typically... Um, middle-aged men. Yeah, I can see that. that mm -hmm. Yeah, that um, treat us, a, you know, maybe a little bit rude or or say yeah. something kind of under their breath about us right. or whatever. Yeah, I mean, um, it's natural because it's like, oh, here, the, the Americans with the money, you know, it's a thought and, and absolutely yeah. a lot of the truth. So they think all Americans that live here have are wealthy. Right, mm -hmm. right. <laughs> and we've been what we call gringoed a few times where sure. we are charged way more than a Mexican person would be. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes we know it and sometimes we don't know it or realize it later. Excuse yeah, we just so. had that experience. And Bill, yesterday. you break out in your Spanish and, and you can always say, hey, listen, I was born in Guadalajara. And they'll be like, <laughs> oh, don't mess with him. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I refrain from that. Yeah, no, that's it's a good thing. very uncommon. Honestly, we believe that we are guests Absolutely. in this country. Mm -hmm. And we try to behave as guests. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? That means treat everyone with equivalent dignity and respect. Right. We find that if you are kind to people here, it is the magic key to the magic kingdom. Yes. Be because kindness oh. is just an incredibly magic way to live your life when you're a guest in another nation. Yeah. And by the way, we are also treated like guests right, right. here. Mm -hmm. You know, the most common thing I get when 
somebody does encounter me and they want to, you know, just walking the city with my camera, the most common question I get is, where are you from? Mm -hmm. They recognize (laughs) I'm different. Mm -hmm. I'm probably not from Mexico. (laughs) We we were in Cantina Mm -hmm. before COVID with some friends of ours. And there was a group of about five men at the bar and they kept turning around and looking at Bill and looking at Bill. And then one of them came over and he spoke a little English and he said, my friends and I have a bet about where you are from. And Bill said, well, how much is the bet? And he says, 20 pesos. (laughs) (laughs) And Bill says, I'm only worth 20 pesos. So anyway, (laughs) we had a great time with them. uh, They were trying to size him up. Okay. So we've covered a lot. We've taken a lot of your time. So yeah. Do you have any advice for someone uh, moving out of the country or starting this journey? Any words of wisdom? Hopefully, you know, somebody that's moved down here and you can talk to them about the the whole experience. Uh, Go online. There's lots of websites about things. I did ask a a one lady, I said, what are a couple of things that you absolutely have to bring with you? Mm, Good, good. And she said, my cast iron skillet and my knives. (laughs) And so I I did bring those with me. And that was really good advice because there are some things that you just really can't find down here. Do your research, come down, travel around, see what fits for you, I guess. What would you say, Ben? Well, I'd say that the most common mistake, people who are considering relocation to another country, and in particular, Mexico, is they do not do the research before they jump on a plane or in their car. They don't. And you guys can see this And, you know, there are expat forums on social media platforms across the globe for every country. Well, because Mexico uh, has the largest American expat population living here permanently Mm -hmm. uh, versus any other country in the world, I would caution people about the advice they're looking for on those social media platforms because it is, I see so much bad advice in those forums. Mm -hmm. And I also see people who have just not, just not done the research. It is a process to even to do what we did, which was sell everything and move 2,600 miles from <laughs> where you were before into central Mexico, yeah. uh, which does not have language. It's just not as easy as it would be moving to Puerto Vallarta or Cancun or are more touristy destinations. Got it. And hiring a professional to walk you through certain procedures, like opening a bank account for gringos down here is not an easy task. And so we had um, we had someone help us with that. We had someone, oh, when My we- visa. 
yeah, Bill's visa. We had professional. Oh my God. She was amazing. She took care of everything. They know her at immigrations. They, right. it was just smooth as silk. Yeah. And it was during yeah. COVID. Which wow. We couldn't go in there anyway, because they wouldn't let anybody over 50, 50 go in the office. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh, when we moved into our rental here, we hired a lady to go over the contract because it was all in Spanish. Mm. And that was huge because we didn't want any surprises. Sure. So just little things like that. But there are English speaking people that can walk you through these things is a huge benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Worth the money. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Okay. So from, from your listeners perspective, I am in the process of authoring a news piece about what's referred to commonly as expat relocation services. Nice. This will be out by the end of next week, and your listeners can find it by going to www.billdahl.net. Got it. And And we'll list that, yep. Yeah, and I interview two women here in Querétaro who have very well-established service businesses to help expats relocating to the area. So I think it will be quite beneficial. Yeah. 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 Housing especially, you know, they know all the neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. Yeah. you tell them what you're looking for. It's, you know, basically like working with a real estate agent. Okay. Got it. All right. On that note, we want to thank you. It's been so nice to meet the two of you. You guys are hilarious and so (laughs) full of information. We thank you. And that's another episode of Retire There with Gil and Jean. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you guys. Thank you. so much. We've really enjoyed this this time with you. And should you too require an exit <laughs> out of Brooklyn? Even for a little visit. Yes. Even for a couple of weeks. We operate post-COVID a bed and breakfast. Oh. You know, yeah. In our home, it's on my website. Everything you need to know about it. It's called La Vista de Querétaro. Okay. Got that. Got that. But thanks, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you know someone who's relocated for retirement and wishes to share their story with us, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is gg at retirethere.com. Our website is retirethere.com. And you may follow us on Twitter at retirethere underscore. Now, if you've liked our show, please subscribe and rate it in Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, be well. Be well.